Hey there, friends. Are you here to listen to the FGT podcast? Oh boy, me too. <laughs> oh, good thing you found us. I thought I was going to be all alone tonight. But I am? Aw, there's no Moses. It's just your boy, Postman Sean, coming at you from GTI Studios. It's a little creepy out. Just watched a scary movie. I'm, uh... Little little freaked out right now, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hit that intro music and I uh, hope it makes me feel better. Alright, so I checked around the car and there, there's there's no ghosts, there's no goblins, there's no ghouls, there's no zombies, there's no vampires. You know what there is? It's the fucking Atlanta Falcons. Oh Jesus. But before I talk about them, maybe if I give a shout out to Kristen and Justin and Demi on Pizza Smith's Palace, they'll go away. Oh no? Alright. Well if that didn't work. Maybe if we give a shout-out to, to Andy Cosby and Chrome Roses. No? Okay. Uh, what about Damien? Are you cold? Do you, do you need a hoodie? You want a T-shirt? Yeah, go over to Infected Concepts. No? All right, all right. You don't have to look at me like that. Jesus Christ, it's like your eyes are burning a hole in my soul. I'm going to go ahead and hook you up with a promo code FGT25 so you can fucking relax your keister right there. Take that attitude, put it in your pocket, and go get you some goddamn sunglasses over at Slick Shades. Jesus Christ. What more can you want from a guy? Oh, all right. Let's get on to Atlanta. Please take your seat and keep your hands and feet inside the railing at all times. Ma'am. In this brochure, it says this tour is crunk. What does that mean? Yeah. Welcome to Atlanta's hammers and bows. Back to the mackin' and the clothes. Adolescents packing a, a knock on the door. Who is it? I would happen to know the one with the flow. Who did it? It was me, I suppose. JD in the rolls and looters in the cut supreme. Skating down old Nat. Tucked and lean. I spleen. As a matter of fact, I the team. No blood on the sneaks. Gotta keep it so my kicks is clean. Welcome to Atlanta, where the play is play. Yes, son. We ride on them thing like every day. I mumble that because I, I forgot the words as I was saying it because it's been a while since I listened to that song. But all right, let's jump into Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta right now, per my man Justin Boone over at The Score, uh, has their offensive line ranked 28th, my friends, and that is not good. You do not want to be in the bottom of the league for anything unless it's turnovers. Th- then you want to be, you know, you want to have that nice low number. You know, you want to keep it close to zero. Because that's, that, that's good. You know, you don't want a high number because then that's bad. Um, and, and falling in between is okay. And speaking of falling in between and being okay, we have a guy named Marcus Mariota, Eminem. 
Uh, not that Eminem. <laughs> that Eminem is from Detroit. This one's from Hawaii. Uh, he's 28. He did just spend the last two years uh, trying to like revamp his game, get a grasp on football before it like fully got away from him. He went out to Vegas and he chilled behind our man Derek Carr, who has been rock solid his whole career. Um, he's he, and in the fantasy aspect, he's not the greatest quarterback because he doesn't have the Russian upside. But let's get back to Marcus Mariota. Uh, he spent two years learning behind Derek Carr, but I think a big reason why he decided to go there instead of trying to seek out an immediate starting job somewhere else was to learn behind then quarterback guru and recently hired head coach John Gruden. Uh, Marcus Mariota uh, does have some scrambling ability and I think a lot of that has to do with why he hasn't played in a full season his entire career like he's had 14 games 10 games you know so on and so forth is he's always got some kind of either a soft tissue injury that holds him out for a game maybe two uh, last time he was the starter for more than half a season was 2018. Uh, he finished as the quarterback 27. Now, I'm not going to go like crazy on stats with him because he's never eclipsed 3,500 yards in, in his career. He's never got gone over 300 completions or like 16 touchdowns. Um, but like I did say, he does have slight rushing upside. Um before his like injuries took over and all that shit and his hiatus in Vegas, um, back in 2018, uh, he did have the rushing upside. He had a career. Uh, wow. I'm like, I was just on a roll. I wasn't fucking up my words. And now I am. Um, back in 2018 was his career high. He had 357 rushing yards with two touchdowns. Um, as of right now, Marcus Mariota is not worth a draft spot in any kind of redraft league or even keeper leagues. Um, he may be worth a roster spot in super flex leagues, two quarterback leagues, um, dynasties, depending on how your, your quarterback situation shaping up. Uh, he's got streaming potential. You just got to keep an eye on him and see how everything works out in Atlanta. He does have some weapons down there. Uh, he's already shown upside. Uh, as I'm recording this now, they're playing preseason week one. Uh, he did have a nice, solid rushing touchdown. Uh, he, you know, a quick dash and a dive to the corner pylon. Marcus Mariota is looking good. Uh, who else is looking good is Desmond Ritter. Uh, he's he's showing that he also has some legs to make plays and extend them. Uh, he he did scramble behind the line. I like what I saw. Um, there wasn't too much. It is just preseason week one, but I did like what I saw. It, it showed upside. Um, I, I think personally, after watching that game, this could be a legitimate quarterback battle to see who comes out on top. So don't just write off Desmond Ritter just yet. Uh, he could, you know, edge out Mariota. Like there's, there's no guarantees. They're both brand new in Atlanta. Uh, one's a rookie. The other one's a veteran. Um, Ritter is 22. He was a third round pick, so there is draft capital. There's just not a lot behind that. He is making like a he, like I said, he's making a strong push for the starting job. Uh, when he played in Cincinnati in college, he did throw for 3,334 yards, um, 30 touchdowns, and he also rushed for six as well. So, like I said, he does have rushing upside. Uh, he's definitely worth a stash in any kind of dynasty format. 
but that's basically where it stops. Um, I was reading an article on them and I came across a fun fact that in 20, that since 2012, wow, Jesus Christ, 2020, uh, since 2012, uh, only 8.3% of quarterbacks drafted in the third round have ever become fantasy relevant. So that, that may be one thing to take into account if you're thinking about, you know, drafting and stashing Ritter, whether you want to put him on your taxi squad or just bury him on the bench for a hopeful for next year, or maybe he takes over for Mariota and you're really in a bad quarterback position or what have you. Um, just moving on from the quarterbacks, we're going to roll on to Cordero Patterson in that running back room. Now, my man CPAT saw a fucking resurgence and I, I don't even know if resurgence is the right word because he's always just been like a career special team hall of, like he's a career special team hall of famer like my man is nasty at kick returns punt returns he's joining that you know Devin Hester-esque you know special team returner uh he is 31 but he took off last year and finished as the RB9 uh, outside of that, dude, he's never finished inside the top 25 for running backs or wide receivers, uh, what have you. But, like, he got hot, 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 hot in Atlanta. He fucking snatched that job right out of Mike Davis's hands, took over. Uh, he had nine weeks over 10 points, which was solid, especially for where you were drafting him. If you even drafted him last year or if you just picked him up off of waivers, to help with some kind of injuries going on out there. I know the injury bug zapped guys like Henry, but at that point it was too late to grab Cordero. Like you should have already had him back when like CMC was getting hurt. Um, like right after the draft when Baltimore fell apart, but he did have, like I said, nine weeks over 10 points. He also, uh, out of those nine, he had seven weeks over 15 and then three points over 20 with, uh, his highest output on the season come in week four against what we thought was going to be a solid defense in Washington. Uh, he put up 34.6 points. Um, he did start showing signs of slowing down. He did start showing signs of like soft tissue injuries that would hamper his play. Um, the last four weeks of the season showed that his body isn't built to, to be the every down back that Atlanta started using him as. Uh, the last four weeks of the season saw him put up 4.3 points, 8.3 points, 7.2 points, and then 2.2 points. Um, all the beat writers, everything coming out of camp, does say that it's becoming clear that Patterson will not be carrying the full load out of the backfield. Um, I think it's worth noting that, like I said, they're playing preseason week one right now. Uh, he did play, but he didn't get any touches. Who did get touches is a man that a lot of people are sleeping on and a lot of people aren't sleeping on. I feel like the fence is very 50-50 divided on this guy. Um, it's Tyler Algier. He's 22. He's 5'11", 220 pounds. And I think a, a reason why he's getting slept on is because when you see rookies, you think a draft capital. You know what I mean? Who was the first round pick? Who was the second round pick? So on and so forth. Um, Tyler Algier was a fifth round pick. How he's making like a real strong presence known, and he's putting up a fucking camp fight and a half behind CPAT. Personally, 
I have him as my sleeper of the year. So if you've listened to any other episodes, um, you know, Moses has mentioned it. Like, I am very high on Tyler Algier this season. Um, I've been high on him since the Falcons took him in the draft. You know, I think he's got a great skill set. I think he could really take off in Atlanta as a rookie. Uh, He's worth, in my personal opinion, he's worth a draft spot in all leagues just across the board, whether it be dynasty, redraft, keeper, PPR, half PPR, what have you. You know what I mean? I think where he's going at his ADP, he's going to be incredible value. Um, I just, I absolutely love this dude and I'm grabbing shares of him everywhere I can. Another piece in this backfield that I'm completely staying away from is Damian Williams. Uh, he's 30 years old. He finished as the uh, the running back 69 last year. My man can just not stay healthy. And when he's on the field, he has shown why he is a career backup. Um, the only way I think Damian Williams earns any kind of start in any kind of league in on any kind of roster is like a last second I need a fucking running back. I've got two guys out. I waited, you know, till the Sunday night game. I can't sub anyone in. Everyone's blah, 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 blah. Then maybe, maybe you use Damian Williams. You know, maybe you get lucky and you get one of those fucking hundred yard games from him that he's only had like fucking, I think three of in his entire season. Uh, just Damian Williams, he's just, he's going to be a non-factor in this backfield at most. I could see this guy getting fucking two carries and three targets. <laughs> you know, it's just, he's a non-factor. I wouldn't even worry about him. I don't even know why I'm spending all this time talking about him. Uh, but we're all done with running backs. All done, all done, all done. All done, all done, all done. All done, all done, all done. All done, all done. Uh, so let's jump right over to wide receivers. And wide receivers is kind of tricky right now in Atlanta. Um, they have so many fucking wide receivers that I don't even know what to do with. And I think a reason why they got so many fucking wide receivers is because of Calvin Ridley. Uh, he's suspended on some bullshit. He placed a $1,500 bet while he was away from the team for mental health reasons. Um, and it, it's just he placed a bet on his fucking Falcons to win the game, even though like they, they were having one of the worst seasons ever under the Matty Ice regime. Um, he did it because he was bored. Like he didn't try to hide it. He placed it on FanDuel. Like he didn't go through some fucking backdoor bookie at a fucking local bar that you got to walk out back through the fucking cellar up through the cooler. Ask for Jimmy fucking two shoes and place the bet that way. No, he he literally sat and was like, oh, FanDuel on my phone. I'm going to fuck around with this. I probably heard it nonstop on every kind of sports podcast, radio show, anything out there because that's all they talk about. So he probably just said, fuck it. I'll give it a try. What can happen? You know what I mean? I place on my boys to win. And now he's facing a year-long suspension. But, you know, guys like fucking Deshaun Watson who have a gazillion cases of sexual fucking misconduct and sexual assault and all this other shit uh, is maybe going to get now an eight-game suspension and a $5 million fine. Guys like Watson, eight games don't mean shit. He sat out an entire year because he wanted to get traded. So what is eight games besides more rest for the guy? He's got a $230 million fucking contract and you want to take $5 million away from him? Do you know what $5 million is to a guy like that? 
It's fucking toilet paper. He wipes his ass with five million. You know, it's just get your shit together. The NFL. It's just all right. So Calvin Ridley, I I hope he appeals this, and I hope he gets back into the game sooner than later. Um, but I'm not drafting him anywhere outside of dynasty, hoping that you know maybe next year he comes back and. He still got the same form before he left, which was explosive and a clear-cut wide receiver one. Uh, that being said, let's jump on to the rookie. My man, Drake London, 21, six foot four. My man up there with the trees. You need a star on top of your Christmas tree, you give Drake London a call. He put it up there right nice and proper. Uh, he's 213 pounds. He was the eighth overall pick. He is slated as the wide receiver one in Atlanta with Ridley being suspended. Um, He can be a red zone threat, and he has just elite, crisp route running skills. Who does this sound like? My comparison is Michael Thomas. Like, doesn't have, like, explosive speed, but he is a big body, and he can run a fucking route. Oh, boy. He's got feet. He can cut. You name it, he does it. Um, and I mean, it's funny that I say Michael Thomas is my comparison for him because Drake London did break his ankle last October, uh, caused him to, uh, caused him to be sidelined the rest of his final season at USC. Um, he'll be, in my opinion, the second receiving option, not second wide receiver, but the second receiving option in Atlanta behind none other than the big bodied mammoth fucking behemoth once in a lifetime specimen tight end Kyle Pitts um Drake London he's definitely worth a, a late round shot and redraft just because you don't know what you're getting but there is other more proven names going in front of him off the draft board so I mean I'd still take a shot but uh I'm smashing them all day in dynasty like I'm not sleeping on any of these rookie wide receivers even fucking Jameis Williamson out in Detroit, even though he's injured, like I'm still taking all these guys. Like they all look great. Um, the only one I, I'd be hesitant on is Traylon Burks because of the whole asthma thing. But other than that, like they all look good. They're all worth uh, a, a dynasty draft. They're all worth a stash at minimum. Uh, he may be off to a slow start because of that ankle injury. Because it's not. It's not even a full year later that it's been fully repaired and fully recovered. Um, so I think he may start slow, but I think at the back half of the season, he could be a league winner, especially after like the bye week, because he'll have a few weeks in the beginning of the season where he can get acclimated to, you know, the NFL speed, the process, how the game works, you know, the playbook, who his quarterback's actually going to be, whether whether it be Ritter or, you know, uh, Mariota or what have you. Um, I think that amount of time, including the bye week, would give him enough time to get his confidence up and really go out there and do some damage after the bye week. So if you are smart enough to grab him late in redraft leagues, um, keep your eyes on him. Even if he sucks at the beginning, just just hold on to him. You know what I mean? Make sure you got that that roster spot that you don't need that, you know, you would have drafted your fucking second kicker or your third quarterback for and and stick fucking Drake London there. Because I think it will be worth it in the back half of the season. Um, we're going to touch on Ryan Edwards. Uh, he's 23. 
He spent two years in Vegas. He has shown flashes and he just, he gives you just enough on your fantasy team to not want to drop him, but he doesn't give you enough to want to start him. And I think a lot of that was hampered because he needs an opportunity. And we thought we were going to get that opportunity in Vegas uh, when Ruggs, unfortunately, had that accident and, and, you know, what have you. Um, We thought maybe Brian Edwards would take over and we'd see, you know, um, a a breakout type season. However, that went to Hunter Renfro and Brian Edwards took a backseat again. I'm a... I'm not st- I'm not drafting him anywhere because personally I think you could get him off of white uh yeah waiver get him off of waiver wires uh just in just about any league dynasty redraft you know keepers fucking any league what have you I think he'll be out there on waivers I don't see a lot of hometown leagues drafting him um but he's definitely worth keeping an eye on especially if Drake London starts out slow or if Pitts takes a step back or, you know, the quarterback play is just that much better than we're anticipating. Um, I just, Brian Edwards, like I said, I'm not drafting him anyway, but I would keep an eye on him. I tossed, you know, I clicked that little flag button so you get, you know, any kind of news updates on him or what have you. Just follow his game. Real quick, I will name the rest of the wide receivers just so you know who they are. Um, they have someone who I'm, I'm not even going to fucking try to say his name. Olamide uh, Zacchaeus, maybe. Don't don't hate me. Uh, this next one, the spelling is fucking unreal, but I think it's uh, Kadaryl Hodge. And then we got our man, Auden Tate. I really hope he, I, I hope he does something. I love Auden Tate. Um, Geronimo Allison. Geronimo! And we got Frank Darby, Demir Bird, and Cameron Batson. Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, our man Batson caught a nice little touchdown pass from uh, Desmond Ritter this preseason game. So there might be some chemistry there if you know one, if, if Dev, Desmond Ritter takes over. Um, so maybe Cameron Batson is someone that you might want to watch. You don't know. Stay tuned. You know. All right, now, you know, according to Moses in his last episode, you know, I, I gave you the vegetables. Now you want the meat and the potatoes. The meat and the potatoes. Uh, I actually like my vegetables. Um, and speaking of vegetables, I think our man Kyle Pitts ate his when he was a kid. Because guess what? Mrs. Pitts, you did that kid right. He ate his vegetables and he grew up big and strong. Man is 21, so now he's legally drinking. Um, anyone out there, feel free to buy my man a shot. You see him at a bar. He's uh, he's not that hard to miss. He is fucking gigantic. He is six foot six, built like a brick shit house. Uh, he also finished as the tight end six. Uh, he did have a hundred and ten targets, which is wide receiver, you know, low end wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two target type shares. Um, he unfortunately only turned that into 68 receptions. Uh, the contested catch rate and the contested um, throwing into uh, contested what what have you. I'm fucking mumbling my words. Jesus Christ. Um, you know, it only turned into 68 receptions. I think it would be a lot higher had 
you know, Matt, Matt Ryan up and playing through injury or on a down year and there being other receiving options to kind of take the defense off of Kyle Pitts. But with that being the case, he did turn, like I said, 110 targets into 68 receptions for 1,026 yards and only one touchdown. That's that's what hurt him. I think if he caught a few more touchdowns, then he's right there challenging, uh, you know, Kelsey for the number two slot. Um, but man, man, was it tough to be any kind of wide receiving option or, or, you know, just receiving option in general in Atlanta last year. Like, it was messy. And not in a good, freaky, confession sins in the morning kind of way. Uh, Matty Ice was out there looking like a corpse uh, and having no offensive line to protect him as well as playing through the injuries. But, you know, Kyle Pitts still produced being one of only three tight ends last year to eclipse the 1,000-yard mark. Um, and his company in that category being Kelsey and Andrews, who finished one and two. Um, dude, like, I don't even need to break everything down. Like, just, just fucking smash that draft button on Kyle Pitts in, in any league, any format, wherever. doesn't matter. He's he's a solid fucking pick. That, that There's nothing but upside for him. Um, like, just, <laughs> just, just draft him. Like, don't don't think about it. Just draft him. If you're the kind of cat that likes to take, you know, Travis Kelsey in the first round, then you'd be foolish to do that this year. Kelsey is probably going to take a fall off because defenses are going to hone in on him. And he's also older. You know what I mean? These guys got to slow down at some point. But Kyle, Kyle Pitts is a ripe 21 ready for the, you know, the plucking and, uh, if, if you're willing to take a tight end in round one or round two and sacrifice that, you know, RB anchor or that, that solid-ass wide receiver, then I think Kyle Pitts is your man. He's going to be top three this year, mark my words. Um, you know what I mean? And the guy playing behind him is Anthony Ferkser, which is no threat at all. Uh, he's 27. He finished his tight end 32 last year out of Tennessee. He's nothing but a depth piece behind Pitts coming over, like I said, from Tennessee and the only upside and like good thing about him coming into this program is he's reuniting with coach Arthur Smith. Other than that, like I said, he's nothing more than a depth piece. He's nothing more than a backup. Even if Kyle Pitts went down and Anthony Ferkser took over that tight end one role there, I'm still not picking him up because he's not even close to the same talent or on the same playing field as Kyle Pitts. But all right, FGT Nation, you know the deal. That's it. That's it. We're done. I thank you from my heart for listening. We're going to wrap up these teams soon. I promise you we're going to keep cranking out these episodes. So keep it right. Keep it tight. I'm going to shut out these lights. Have a good night. Sterilize so you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Just need to
You can if you want 